0: Turn with me to 2 Corinthians chapter 11. 2 Corinthians chapter 11. This past week in Munich, uh, eight people were killed, 16 people were injured the last time I read the report. Um, a, A man in the name of ISIS, in the name of Islam, killed these eight people and he did so because of a lie. You see, Islam is based on untruth. It is based on the lie of the enemy. I want to tell you something. A lie can be a powerful thing. The Bible tells us you shall know the truth, and the truth shall set you free. Uh, I really believe with all my heart that the answers to the troubles that we find in our culture, the troubles that we find around the world are found in a relationship with Jesus Christ and in the truth of his word. We need to understand that the enemy wants to destroy us, and one of the ways he does that is through lies, through false religion, through cults, through lies in educational system. Uh, Even in science or in philosophy, there can be lies that are offered to lead us astray from the truth. Uh, The Bible says that we need to understand the truth. Why? Because, number one, it is through the truth that we find salvation. Also, through the truth, we grow in our relationship with God. The Bible says the riches of the fullness of understanding is one of the great blessings of the Christian life. It is found in God's word. Um, This scripture is, is written by the Apostle Paul. And Paul was dealing with some situations in the church there with some false teachers who had come into the church and were teaching false doctrine. Uh, We're teaching a different Jesus, a different gospel, a different spirit, and a different devotion uh, to the things of this this world and to uh, these false teachers themselves rather than to God. And so so Paul's trying to deal with this false doctrine because he understands the importance of the Corinthians understanding the truth. Uh, And he wants them to understand the truth. And even if he has to get into a competition... With these false teachers who have put him down and who have exalted themselves, he says, look, I'm going to tell you about my apostleship. Why? Because I want you to understand that what I'm telling you is the truth. I want you to know that I'm a legitimate apostle so that you'll listen to me and you'll hear the truth. Um, We need to hear God's truth today. And we need to recognize how the devil operates in his lies So that when we see these lies, we can identify them. We need to trust in God's word and his truth above all else. The time of my message is recognizing Satan's strategy of deception. And we're in 2 Corinthians 11 verse 1. I wish you would put up with a little foolishness from me. Yes, do put up with me. For I am jealous over you with a godly jealousy because I have promised you in marriage to one husband to present a pure virgin to Christ. But I fear that as the serpent deceived Eve by his cunning, your minds may be seduced from a complete and pure devotion to Christ. For if a person comes and preaches another Jesus whom we did not preach, or you receive a different spirit which you had not received, or a different gospel... Which you had not accepted, you put up with it splendidly. So he's being a little bit sarcastic. He's saying, you're putting up with this false doctrine that's come. So recognizing Satan's strategy of deception. Um, how does Satan operate? Well, first of all, he wants us to have a different devotion. A different devotion. Devotion. Look at verse 3. I fear that as the serpent deceived Eve by his cunning, your minds may be seduced from a complete and pure devotion to Christ. The Heaven's Gate cult a few years back was run by a guy named Marshall Applewhite. And he led the people, among other things, to uh, sexual experimentation and ultimately to commit suicide by mixing vodka and barbiturates together uh, and drinking that so that they could go meet uh, some celestial beings in space. Um, He led them astray through a lie. He destroyed them with a lie. He got them to be devoted to himself rather than to Christ. I want you to know there's there's plenty of people out in the world, the cults that are there, Uh, that will try to get you to be devoted to an individual or a personality. I heard one preacher on TV claiming to be a Christian preacher say, uh, Jesus was wrong about this, you need to listen to me. I tell you what, if you hear anybody say that, immediately recognize that person as a false teacher. They're trying to get you to have a different devotion than that pure devotion to Christ. Anyone who tells you to commit sin that goes against God's Word is trying to lead you to a different devotion, uh, a devotion that is not faithful to Christ. Anyone who tries to get you to follow them over what you find in God's Word is a false teacher. Um, Every human being that has authority in God's church has a derived authority. What I mean by that is the authority comes from somewhere else. Uh, if you're in the military, you have a system of authority in different ranks, and you have to respond to the ranks above you. Why? Because that authority has been given by someone who's higher up. Um, our authority that we have in God's church comes from Jesus. An authority that is used in the wrong way To lead people away from Christ, to lead people into sin, is authority that is being abused and should not be followed. Paul is saying, look, you've got these guys who've come in here, and I want you to understand they are leading you away from Christ. You need to recognize what's going on here. And you need to pay attention and follow what God says in his word and what you've heard from me. Um. Many times, people will build themselves up rather than building Christ up. You know what my job is? My job is not to bring glory to me. It's to bring glory to Christ. Anyone who tries to get you to focus on them rather than focusing on Christ, you need to have a red flag go up in your mind and you need to be very careful because uh, we are called to follow Christ. My authority... And any other religious leader's authority is only a derived authority. Our chief devotion is to, to be devoted to Christ. To have a relationship with Him and to glorify Him. So how do you combat this? Well, first of all, be in your, in your Bibles so that you can recognize when somebody is leading you astray. How do you recognize a lie? Well, you, you learn from the truth. Counterfeiters, um, when they they are discovered, are discovered by people who handle the real thing so much they can recognize the counterfeit. If you are founded and established in God's word, what you're going to find is when somebody tries to lead you into sin, you're going to recognize it, and you'll be able to identify, hey, this is not pure devotion to Christ they're they're trying to get me to follow. Uh, You're going to get to, to recognize, hey, that's not what God wants. I know what God wants because God's word says what he wants. Sometimes people will come to a pastor, they'll say, well, God has told me to divorce my wife and to marry this other woman. Well, I can speak on the authority of God's word. That's a lie from the pit of hell. God's not told that person to do that because in God's word it says thou shalt not commit adultery. You see, God's word is the the chief standard by which we live the Christian life. Don't let anybody lead you astray from that pure devotion to Christ. So false teachers, whoever they are, whether it's a cult, a false religion, uh, anything that this world has to offer to try to take us away from Christ, what they do is they try to get you to be devoted to somebody or something other than Jesus. Be very careful that your heart is not led astray from a devotion. A sincere and pure devotion to Christ. Martin Luther said that our hearts are idol factories. In other words, we tend to put other things before God. Whether it's money, job, family, it can be anything, hobby, whatever it is. We tend to put things before God. And so if you've got somebody who is trying to lead you astray by getting you to be devoted to something other than God, guess what? In your sinful nature, you may want to cooperate with that. But beware of that because what the devil wants to do in leading you away from a sincere devotion to Christ is to destroy you. The thief comes to steal, kill, and to destroy. But I have come that you might have life and have it abundantly, Jesus said. So, the first strategy is they try to get you to have a different devotion. Secondly, a different Jesus. This is so common. Different Jesus. Verse 4, you'll see, um, If a person comes and preaches another Jesus whom we did not preach. What does he mean by that? Well, it's somebody who says something about Jesus that's not true. Somebody who uh, tries to paint a picture of a different Jesus than the one who truly is. Um, I could tell you, my wife can bench press 300 pounds. I can tell you that all day long, but it's not true. Okay? Uh, I could tell you about myself that uh, I'm of Indian descent. But it wouldn't be true because I'm not. I'm Caucasian. Um. A person who tries to paint a different Jesus, what do they usually do? Well, the Bible teaches that Jesus was fully God, fully man in one person, uh, that he was eternal. John 1, 1 says, in the beginning was the Word, the Word was with God and the Word was God. In the very beginning of creation, Jesus was already there. He's not created, he's eternal. The Bible also says God is one. God the Father, God the Son, Jesus Christ, and God the Holy Spirit, one God. Triangle has three points, but it's one triangle. Um, there's a little mystery to that, but we believe that the Bible teaches the three persons of the Trinity, but one God. So, how do people try to paint a different Jesus? Well, I'll tell you, the Jehovah's Witnesses will believe that Jesus was Michael the Archangel. They don't treat Jesus as the Son of God who is fully divine and equal with God the Father in His deity. They treat Him as a second-class being compared to God, and they call Him Michael the Archangel. The Mormons actually believe that there are many gods. And they say Jesus is just one of many. And if you live according to Mormon teaching, you can become a god. Ooh. The Bible doesn't teach that. The Bible teaches that we're adopted into God's family when we put our trust in Jesus Christ. But we can't become a God. There's just one God, the God of the Bible, Yahweh, Jehovah God, in three persons. So, um, the uh, the nation, uh, the people of Islam, believe that Jesus did not die on the cross. So they don't have a suffering Jesus. They believe Jesus was just a prophet. Uh, Even skeptical scholars have said uh, the crucifixion of Christ is as certain a historical fact as any other historical fact that we have. That's actually written by a skeptic Dominic Crossan is his his name, in case you're wondering. Um, They believe Jesus was just a prophet, but guess what? Jesus came out of a tomb. Jesus is God. So, people will try to paint a different Jesus. You say, well, why does that matter? Well, if Jesus is not God, guess what? He can't pay for your sin. If if Jesus is not infinite in his power, how could he pay for all the sins of all time for all mankind in a moment and a season of time on the cross? He had to be God. There was no other way for sin to be paid for than Jesus being God. The docetists, the old ancient docetists believed that Jesus only appeared to have died. He only appeared to be human because they thought human bodies were kind of a bad thing. And so they they just said Jesus appeared. That's That's what docetist means. But there's a problem with that. If Jesus wasn't human, he didn't die. The substitute wasn't offered for your sin and for mine. If Jesus wasn't... Physically here, he didn't suffer like Hebrews says he suffered. He 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 doesn't understand what we go through, but the Bible says he was a human being. He was touched. He was seen. You remember the woman who touched the hem of his garment. Thomas put his hands in his uh, in his hands in his side. Jesus was a physical human being. Why is it so important that we believe in the right Jesus? Because there's only one Jesus who can save. There's only one Jesus who can change your heart and give you life abundantly. There's only one Jesus who can carry you through when you're going through a trial and a heartache. There's only one Jesus who at the end of the age will will give a command and the dead will come out of the ground. There's only one Jesus who can do that. And that's the Jesus of the Bible. The devil will try to present a false Jesus so that we'll be led astray into deception. Um, Be in God's word to combat that, that error about Christ. See what Jesus does by reading in his word. See how God describes him to find out who he is and what his life and heart is like. So... False teachers will present a different devotion, a different Jesus. Thirdly, a different spirit. Look at verse, the second part of verse 4. If a person comes and preaches another Jesus whom we did not preach, or you receive a different spirit which you had not received. What's he talking about there? You do know there are more spirits than just the Holy Spirit. Um, every, almost every religion, uh, whether it, the cults are the same, uh, your Jehovah's Witnesses, your Mormons, uh, Islam, the uh, uh, Sifi, uh, is, Islamic uh, people uh, talk about experiences, the Hindus talk about experiences. Um, what is it that sets apart the experience of Christians from the experience of any other religion? You ever thought about that? Paul says, there is a false spirit, a different spirit. Uh, elsewhere, the scripture says there are things that are called doctrines of demons. Guess that, what, that means that the devil does come to church, and sometimes he teaches a Sunday school class or is in a pulpit. He teaches what is false. In Paul's case, it was these false teachers who had come in. They were being used of a different spirit. But these people were having spiritual experiences that were not of God. How do you distinguish between the Holy Spirit and a false spirit? Well, there are several places in Scripture that talk about this. One says that one who proclaims that Jesus is the Christ, that he is the Lord, and surrenders to him, is a right spirit, a right teacher. Uh, One who refuses to submit to Christ, and who curses Christ, that's a spirit from the other place. Um, one says if, if he confesses that Jesus has come in the flesh, that's coming from a good spirit. If he denies that, of course, it'd be a different spirit. So there's several places like that. What does that spirit say about Jesus? Uh, a few years ago, I, I purchased a book uh, called the, the Kingdom of the Occult. And uh, I don't enjoy getting into all that, but I wanted to be somewhat familiar with some of the things that take place as I have people come for counseling sometimes, so I could kind of interact with them and understand where they're coming from. And um, one of the things that they talked about is that often these spirits would appear to people and they would try to teach them, oh, don't listen to that part of the Bible. Let me tell you what you really need to hear. And they would tell them what contradicted the word of God. Can you see the deception in that? Um, or you have a spirit that gives a person an experience. They believe error, but they're given an experience. What does the devil do that for? Why does he give somebody an experience that they enjoy? So that he can send them right to hell with him. Did you know the devil hates us because, first of all, we're made in the image of God. Secondly, if you... if you uh, ...are close to putting your trust in Christ, he's going to doubly hate you... ...because he doesn't want you to be a part of Christ's kingdom. He wants to do anything he can to destroy you and lead you away from the truth. So he'll provide a false experience. What do we base our Christianity on? The Bible does say there is a witness of the Holy Spirit within. But guess what? That can't be the only thing that you you base your Christianity upon... You base it upon the truth of God's word. What does God say in his word? Well, I'll tell you what he says. Christ died for sin according to scripture. He was buried. He rose again the third day according to scripture. And the Bible says, Confess with your mouth Jesus is Lord and believe in your heart that God has raised him from the dead and you will be saved. The promise of God. So, If you have confessed Jesus as Lord, if you have believed in your heart that God has raised him from the dead, can I tell you something? You're saved. And if you wake up and you have a bad hair day one day and you don't feel saved, it doesn't make you any less saved. You're saved based upon the promise of God who cannot lie. We have this salvation as an anchor for the soul, the Bible says. You see, God has given us his truth, he's given us his promise, he's given us his son. The evidence of what Jesus has done and 500 witnesses, uh, the evidence that we find in archaeology for, for the word of God, that we find in the manuscripts for the word of God, all of these different areas point to the fact of the trustworthiness of God's word. But if, if, if that were all set aside, God's word still has the power to change lives. He changed my life. So, don't just look for a spiritual experience. Sometimes you may find a spiritual experience, but it may come from hell. Put your trust in the Word of God. You see, the spirits that they were experiencing apparently were associated with this false doctrine. That's yet another reason why you need to believe the truth. Because embracing a lie and obe- embracing disobedience against God can open you up to the deception of the evil one even more. So, so be aware of that. Um, so what do they use to try to lead people away? What does Satan use? A different devotion, a different Jesus, a different spirit, and finally, a different gospel. A different gospel. Look at verse 4, the last part. He says, uh, you, well, let's read it from the beginning. For if a person comes and preaches another Jesus whom we did not preach, or you receive a different spirit which you had not received, or a different gospel which you had not accepted, you put up with it splendidly. A different gospel. What does the word gospel mean? It means good news. The message of the good news is that Jesus lived a perfect life died on the cross for sins as our substitute to pay the penalty for our sin and take God's justice and wrath upon himself. He rose from the dead the third day. And the Bible says that if we will choose to put our trust in him, which involves a surrender of our hearts to him, uh, to follow him, and a receiving of the gift of salvation, that God will save our souls and we will have eternal life. That's the gospel in a nutshell, the good news of the gospel, but they, he says you've received a different gospel and you've put up with it. What's he talking about here? Well, in one sense, it could be anything that is a substitute for Christ. Isn't it interesting how the world will say it doesn't matter what religion you're a part of as long as you're a part of a religion? Sounds good. The problem with it is, is it's a lie. Yet another strategy to get people to Ignore the claims of Christ. What did Jesus say? I am the way, the truth, and the life. No one comes to the Father but by me. Now, Jesus either was telling a lie, and if so, we don't need to listen to him. Or he was crazy. Some people will say things, and they're crazy. Or he was telling the truth. But Jesus claimed. You cannot just say Jesus was a prophet or Jesus was a good person. Jesus claimed to be the way to God. Jesus claimed to be God. So, Jesus says, I am the way. There's no other way to be saved. There's no other name, Acts says. Under heaven, given among men, whereby we must be saved. No other way. How does the devil try to deceive us? Well, one way he'll deceive us is through a gospel of works. It goes something like this. Well, you know, if I do more good things than bad things, God will let me into heaven. I can't tell you how many times I've heard people say that. Or, hey, I'm a good person. I'm I'm certainly better than old Joe down down the street here. I'm a good person. I give to the hungry. I serve in my community. Surely God wouldn't send me to hell. Surely God wouldn't condemn somebody who's done these good things. And so people believe that by their own merit, by their own goodness, they can get into heaven. But the problem with that is is it's not true. It's a lie. Because the Bible says even our righteousness, the best that we have is as filthy rags to God. Jesus said if you've broken one of the commands, you've broken all of them. It says, if you tell a lie, you'll be held accountable. All liars, the scripture says, will have their place in the lake of fire. All thieves, all those who've stolen. You ever stolen something? I I remember I, st- I stole something from Nicely's Food Mart down the street when I was about four years old. I saw some bubble gum. I took it and I put it in my pocket and I walked out the door with it. My mom didn't know it and... I got home, I pulled it out of my pocket, and your, my mom said, "Where'd you get that?" I said, "I got it at Ashley's." So I had to go take the gum back and apologize to the man for stealing. I never did that again. <laughs> but guess what? According to God's law, I'm guilty. I've stolen. You ever been disrespectful to your parents? Well, one of the Ten Commandments is honor your father and mother. Who hasn't done that? Listen, we're not only guilty, we're so guilty that we can't even count our sins. That's why there's only one remedy. Jesus, who lived a perfect life for sin, died on the cross as our substitute to take our penalty, bore the wrath of God and the justice of God, Said, it is finished, paid in full, rose from the dead, and says, trust in me for your salvation. That's the true gospel. Sometimes the gospel will be uh, twisted in some other way. Maybe a a Jesus plus. Believe in Jesus and do good works. Listen, I want to tell you something. Jesus paid it all. And the Bible says we're justified. When you put your trust in Jesus Christ, God credits the perfect righteousness of Jesus to you. So, in God's eyes, if I put my trust in Jesus, it's as though I lived the perfect life that Jesus lived. You can't get much better than perfection. Jesus has done it for me. Now... I want to live a good life for Christ. I want to honor Him and glorify Him and serve Him. The Bible promises rewards. And I want to do it out of love for Him for all He's done for me. But I don't have to do that to be saved. To be saved, I put my trust in Jesus Christ. So the devil will try to twist the gospel. Now, you could also take a, a, a big departure, and you could go to a false religion. Almost every false religion has a salvation of works. Or if they don't believe in heaven, some, some don't believe in heaven, some don't believe in sin. All you've got to do is read the paper to know their sin. Um, but it's all performance. You do this, and you achieve this. Somebody once told Bill Fay, well, <clears throat> how, what about all these different ways that p- people say to be safe? He said, really, there's just two ways. There's we do it, or there's Jesus did it. Or, as one person said, Christianity is done. Other religions are due. Jesus paid it all. It's done on the cross. Don't let anybody steal your joy. And try to tell you that your salvation is based on your merit. Rather than on the merit of a spotless substitute named Jesus Christ. What can wash away my sin? Nothing but the blood of Jesus. What can make me whole again? Nothing but the blood of Jesus. Oh precious is the flow that makes me white as snow. No other fount I know. Nothing but the blood of Jesus. There's just one way to salvation, and that's through Jesus Christ. If you have somehow not understood that, um, the Bible says sometimes the devil can have a blinding work in somebody's life. I want to just invite you today. Maybe you've been a church member for years, and, and... you just now have realized you have been trusting in yourself. And you say, you know what? I'm not trusting in myself anymore. I'm going to trust in Jesus and Jesus alone. And I'm going to settle that today. I'm going to be standing here at the front. I want you to, to come and settle that here this morning. Maybe you're here and you don't know Christ. It uh, would be my, my joy uh, to walk you through a prayer of repentance and surrender and trust in Jesus. Um, maybe you're here today and you say, you know... I have not been faithful to be in God's word. And I don't know that I could recognize error because I don't know the truth. And I just need to come to the altar and I need to tell God, Lord, I'm going to spend some time every single day by your grace in your word with you. And um, I'm going I'm to trust you to help me with that. I'm going to invite you to come and make that decision. Maybe you have believed a lie. You may be a genuine Christian, but you believed a lie in some way. And you need to say, you know what, I need to set that lie down and affirm the truth of what God says. Somebody once said that God's word is, is kind of like a spiral. And you, uh, you, know, you have a belief, maybe you start out here, you find something in scripture that corrects that belief. And so you go a different, little different direction. You find another scripture that corrects you a little more. and you, So it's just like this spiral. And God's word is correcting you and changing you, how you understand things. Listen, that's the process of sanctification. And as you understand God's word and as God's word comes in your life and becomes a part of who you are, the Bible says you won't be conformed to this world. You'll be transformed by the renewing of your mind. God will actually change you on the inside through his word and through the power of his spirit. And so I want to encourage you to make that commitment to be in his word, uh, to set down any false beliefs. Maybe you just need to come and say, Lord, show me your truth. Maybe you've been struggling. Maybe you've had several different people talking to you about different things and you're confused and you don't know the truth. Maybe you just need to come to this altar and say, Lord, show me your truth. Help me to understand what a pure and sincere devotion to Jesus Christ really is, and give me the ability to live it. Help me to understand who Jesus really is. Help me to have the Holy Spirit, not false spirits in my life. Help me uh, to understand the gospel, and not only to understand it, but to genuinely repent of my sins and put my trust in Jesus Christ for salvation. Whatever your need is, we're going to give you an opportunity here in just a moment to respond Um, recognize his lies and embrace the truth you shall know the truth and the truth will make you free let's pray father we thank you for your word we thank you for letting us understand the strategies of the enemy father help us to surrender ourselves to follow you wholeheartedly to put our trust in jesus christ alone and and father um Help us put our trust in your promise. Father, help us to understand rightly what a